by not amplifying those stereotypes that starving artists are the way to go. You have to be poor and miserable in order to be successful, which is doesn't even make sense. But <laughs> by not really giving that stereotype credit and not tapping into these things, we can empower ourselves and we can choose a different path. And that path will be, yes, owning the fact that you may struggle with anxiety, depression, bipolar, whatever that is. But then saying, this does not define me. This does not define my success. I can use this as a tool and I can also use other tools to move past this and to learn how to cope to the best of my abilities so that I can show up how I really want to show up. You're listening to Music Growth Talks, the podcast for musicpreneurs with Andrew Apanov. Hello everyone, Andrew Epanov here with a new edition of the Music Growth Talks podcast. This show is about growth, but that doesn't only apply marketing and business of music. It means uh, personal growth, artistic growth as well. And uh, today my guest is Katie Zakari, who will talk on uh, some very important topics that uh, we have brought up on the podcast a few times, but uh, it's not talked about enough in the world of music. And this is the topic of uh, mental uh, health, well-being, uh, how to cope with stress and mental disorders. Um, Katie herself is a wellness and career coach for women in music, and she is a host of the How to Be podcast, which is focused uh, around mental health, self-care, uh, in the context of music industry. I'm linking to her podcast, her website, social media profiles in the show notes. Find them at dotedmusic.com. Uh, just uh, look up this episode, uh, number 140, and uh, go to com to subscribe to this very podcast, to Music Growth Talks, uh, via email or uh, your preferred podcast platform and while i have your attention uh, go check out my patreon profile if you've got a minute i've updated my peers and uh, i plan to do a lot more there in 2020 especially now that uh, we officially closed uh, the whispering platform so my patreon profile is where uh, I will be building this kind of educational hub and this is the best way to support this podcast as well. So it's patreon.com forward slash Andrew Epinov. And now enjoy our conversation with Katie Zakari. Hello, Katie. Welcome to Music Growth Talks. Excited to have you on the show. Hi, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be on today. So I have these thoughts and I'm curious if you agree with that from your experience that there is a lot of uh, creatives out there and musicians in particular who maybe have any issues, something that they really need to address, but they may not even be realizing that they're going through mental challenges and such. And I was going to just ask you to start with sharing your story if you don't mind doing that, because the actual example of you going through it may, you know, resonate with some of the listeners. Yeah, I think that definitely is true in some cases. And I think a lot of people are either feeling super stressed and they're just chalking it up to stress, where in reality, it could be something greater like anxiety or depression, or simply just going towards 
real burnout, (laughs) which is more than just day-to-day stress. And I think burnout is something that so many people in the music industry face just due to the culture, the late nights, the pressure that a lot of us put on ourselves. So I certainly think it is true that a lot of people might be going through something where they could serve themselves by getting help or at least acknowledging it and changing some of their habits, but they're not quite sure. So just to answer your question, yeah, but I would absolutely love to talk about my story to get started. So my story really started back in college. I went to NYU for music business and it was during college when I started having what I now know are were basically panic attacks. <laughs> At the time, I was sort of chalking it up to a little bit of stress, a little bit of like low blood sugar, which I do have, but they're not the same. <laughs> and I realized that I don't really know why it was triggered in particular while I was in college as opposed to earlier or later in my life. But it was during that time where I eventually had to kind of face, okay, something is going on here. After almost a year of on and off panic attacks and a lot of stress and feeling not quite like myself at times, I had a, and basically I had a panic attack that it was just so obvious that it was a panic attack and not something else. So I went to the doctor. I told the doctor what happened. In this instance, literally my heart was pounding for three straight days. Like I could not calm down. I was so high stressed, really just like not able to calm my body or my mind. And at that point, they diagnosed me with an anxiety disorder. And it seems really simple. I mean, even the incident itself was was really simple how it happened and pretty quick to be diagnosed. But having that diagnosis changed things for me because therefore I was able to identify okay, what is anxiety? What is not anxiety? What is it like when I experience anxiety? Or what is it like when I just experience like a little bit of stress or a little bit of like, maybe it is low blood sugar, that kind of thing and identifying the difference and then learning how to cope with every time it happens, cope with it. Yeah. So that was really big for me. And then from that point forward, you know, once I knew what I was working with here, (laughs) I was able to find coping mechanisms, be more open with the people around me, open up the conversation in general, whether it was with the people around me. And then of course, eventually starting to speak out to a bit of a larger audience about it and just trying to normalize this a little bit, because I found that during my journey, it was a little isolating at points knowing, okay, I'm going through this thing. For me, literally one of the things that helps me the most to calm down when I am feeling anxious is to talk to people. And sometimes just vocalizing okay, I'm feeling really anxious right now. I don't even know what it's about, but I'm feeling really anxious right now. Can you just distract me? That simple you know, statement and then having a conversation with someone, it can do wonders for just kind of getting me out of the headspace I was in and really changing things and getting me out of the state of anxiety. So talking about it for me was huge. And I noticed that sometimes people just wouldn't really get it and they wouldn't really know how to respond. And it would feel really isolating when you feel like you're alone like that. But meanwhile, there are so many people who struggle with this. So you're not really alone. So that was the purpose of me really creating this platform, my company in general, my coaching, to be able to show people that they're not alone. We can talk about this. We can normalize it. Here's how we can cope. Here's how we can deal with it. And just kind of moving forward from that point. Yeah. So what you mentioned uh, is interesting that the education about about mental health is important, not just for the people who may be suffering from any kind of mental disorders uh, but Mm -hmm. for everyone around them because it's really good to know how to help a friend who's experienced a panic attack for example because we 
people don't know. And uh, and yeah. so the, the work that you're doing is here is quite important. So to be clear, the anxiety disorder, it hasn't come, you just know how to deal with it. And I guess the it's happening not as frequently as before, right? Yeah. So it's a combination of things for me that has caused this to happen. I do believe that some people, you know, with anxiety and depression, some of it is circumstantial. Like, for instance, it might be brought on by a particularly traumatizing experience or, you know, a death or something like that will trigger it. But I also do believe that some people are genetically predisposed. I know anxiety runs in my family, so I think I was genetically predisposed to this. And part of that, not to get too much into the science, and I am not a scientist at all, but part of that is, you know, what is making these genes come out? Why did I have anxiety appear at this point in my life instead of any other point in my life? And I've been working with functional medicine a lot as well to really reduce my inflammation, reduce my stress levels and make my body just healthier and feel better. And I found that that has made a big difference in reducing in my anxiety as well, because my body in general is not as inflamed. But from a day to day perspective, yes, like anxiety is something that I will always have to basically make sure that I'm working against both in body and both in mind. And a lot of that has to do with healthy habits, long term, as well as learning shorter term coping mechanisms for when I'm actually experiencing a panic attack, so to say. But to answer your question, yes, I, it's been better, but it's been a, a long process. And, and there are a lot of different tools I've used to make sure that I can get to this point now. Right, right. And I'm pretty sure you will share some oh, yeah. of the methods <laughs> with us today. So do you think that musicians, creatives, artists of any kind, I have high chances of uh, quote unquote earning something like depression or anxiety disorder and such? And have you I mean, clearly, as a side note, we're not doctors here, and this is very important to, to every, anyone who even considering that they are going through something, they should just, you should just go and see a doctor. And there is a lot of misconception around uh, the terms, and you mentioned that as well. But uh, f- for the real illness, is there anything that you found that creative people tend to suffer from more, if it makes sense? You know, that's kind of a hard question to answer because I think that in general, in the world, so many more people are suffering from anxiety and depression than we think. And really, I think the same goes for the music industry. I don't know that people in the music industry or creatives in general are more prone to it, but I do think that we've created stereotypes around it that make it seem that way. (laughs) And like, for instance, the starving artist or like, just like the suffering artist who has to be depressed in order to write good music or make good art. And that is very damaging. And I think that sometimes people will tap into that more and think that this is okay, or this is the way it has to be in order to be an artist, in order to be successful. And that's simply just not true. So whether or not the numbers specifically line up against, you know, we're more prone or more likely to be depressed, I don't really know. I think that, you know, like I said, so many people suffer from it and in general, but I do think that we do need to work against these stereotypes in the music industry that make depression or anxiety almost like encouraged. And that's not to say that it's not okay or normal. It clearly is normal. So many of us suffer from it, but it's the real question is like, do you want to work so that you don't have to suffer from it as much or lessen the side effects? You know, like 
you don't want, I would imagine, people don't want to be in a constant state of panic or a constant state of depression. So by not, you know, amplifying those stereotypes that starving artists are the way to go, you have to be poor and miserable in order to be successful, which is just not, doesn't even make sense. But (laughs) by not really giving that stereotype credit and not tapping into these things, we can empower ourselves and we can choose a different path. And that path will be, yes, owning the fact that you may struggle with anxiety, depression, bipolar, whatever that is, but then saying, this does not define me. This does not define my success. I can use this as a tool and I can also use other tools to move past this and to learn how to cope to the best of my abilities so that I can show up how I really want to show up. Yeah, that's so well said. And I think it's really damaging because it's also untrue, this stereotype that you mentioned. I don't think that anyone going through a really serious anxiety issue, depression, they even capable of creating any sort of art while they are at yeah. the bottom of it and it's it's not it's not helping create art well so and all the uh miserable and suffering story aside it's not functional healthy in in any way at all so it's yeah. it's you're bringing up something else here and just about uh, uh creating a, a healthier mindset and culture around artists and that you don't have to sleep three hours per night uh, to to be an artist you can have uh, a healthy lifestyle and and uh, it may actually help you create better art from what i hear here yeah absolutely i think that the music industry culture in general you know late nights drinking (laughs) maybe not taking care of yourself maybe not being active all of those things while it might seem cool and might seem Like that's, again, what you have to do to be a rock star. Although I think a lot of people are acknowledging that that's not so true anymore. But all of those things can be quite damaging and really just weaken our ability to deal with our emotions, our stress, anything, because we're putting more stress on our body. The more we drink, the less sleep we get, you know, the more we work ourselves to death and don't take any breaks it becomes a lot harder for our bodies to process anything. And that includes, like I said, emotions and stress. So I think the first step really in in all of this, whether you are suffering from, you know, mental illness, or whether you're just feeling very stressed and feeling like you might be burning out. One of the first steps is really to evaluate what are the normal habits of your life? And where can you start to make small changes? Because you would be surprised at how much getting a full night's sleep every night makes a difference. And you might think, you know, I work with a lot of clients and I talk to a lot of people who think that I have to work all the time or I'm not going to move forward. And that mentality of I have to work all the time usually means I don't take any breaks and I don't get any sleep. And that is not going to serve you. You are not going to be able to maintain on that. There's no way you're going to be able to maintain like that. So eventually, while you might feel like you're doing all the stuff and you're moving forward for a short period of time, you're going to hit a point, a total breaking point where it's not working anymore. You burn out. You have to sleep all the time. You have to catch up. Your body's a mess. You can't function. And then what was it all for? You know, you're at this point anyway, and it's going to take you longer to recover. So these healthy habits that you mentioned are really key into making sure that we're protecting both of our, both our minds and our bodies so that we can show up at the best to our, of our abilities and really thrive in our music careers. Yeah. Uh, give me a couple more examples. So you, you, you mentioned uh, getting a good night's sleep, but uh, any particular 
habits that you introduce to your clients early on at your coaching sessions? Yeah. So, I mean, some of the biggest things that I work on early on are time management and wellness routines. So time management includes making sure that you are working efficiently and basically in a smart and intentional way. A lot of times people think they have to be working all the time, but the reason that they feel that way is because when they sit down to work, they don't know what they're supposed to be focusing on, what they're supposed to be doing. So it takes them an hour of their work time to figure out what the game plan is and what their focus is on. So time management for my clients has a lot to do with figuring out goals and priorities, figuring out what steps need to be taken in order to reach those goals. And what, again, priorities goes back to what are we focusing on this week? What needs to be done first? What is the biggest focus that we want to put on here in order to thrive in our career and reach our goals? So that's kind of part one is identifying that and then working on time management skills to schedule everything out to get our weeks clear and make sure that we're not showing up each day in a way that we feel super disorganized and confused as to what steps we're supposed to be taking in the first place. So on the wellness front, it really means that we want to get some healthy habits and some fun, relaxing routines in there. And that's the key word. We want to make it fun too, right? Like we don't want anyone to be sitting there being like, oh, this is my self-care. This is so terrible and I hate it. Like I'm just doing this because I have to because then it's not really serving the purpose that we want. So it's about figuring out what works for each client, what works for your interests and your schedule. Things that I like to start with are nightly routines or morning routines and nightly routines. And the reason for this is because most of us, first of all, we're not gonna, and it's not realistic for us to do self-care in the middle of the day. It's just not, you know, that's not how days usually work. Usually we get into a workflow or we have meetings or if you work full time, you're at work all day and you can't normally just stop and take an hour in the middle of your day to do yoga and meditate and drink a smoothie and whatever and block everything else out. That's not really realistic. So morning and nightly routines set us up in the morning for a better day, for some mindfulness, for the ability to create space so that we're not just waking up, checking our phones, scrolling on Instagram, and then immediately getting dragged into the craziness that really (laughs) is life. So morning routines allow us to take some time for ourselves and do things like maybe meditation, journaling, yoga, movement, anything like that, that is really just some healthy habits and promotes space in the mind. I know I keep saying that, but I really think it's crucial in our life these days where everything is so busy, so go, 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 especially in the music industry that we need to just take some downtime. And then in the nightly routine, and both of these routines could be anywhere from literally 10 minutes to an hour long. It just depends on you know, how you like to spend your time. I do like to get up and go pretty quickly. So my morning routine is a little bit shorter, except for the days where I literally get up and go to yoga, then it's longer. But the nightly routine would maybe be something, basically the point of the nightly routine is to get you ready for bed, to reduce your stress levels before you go to bed so you can get a better night's sleep. So it's like a huge win, win, win. (laughs) But the nightly routine could be anything from, you know, if you shower at night or you want to take a bath with some Epsom salt or reading a book or journaling or anything, maybe even playing music, but anything that gets you off your phone, gets you away from the blue lights and, you know, high stress situations and allows you to just calm down, start to relax and get ready for, for bedtime and for a good night's sleep. 
so when do you usually add the the um the creation part to to that schedule for artists or recommends or maybe you've seen that the preference for most of your or most of the artists you work with is just you know in the morning dedicate an hour or two of their time to songwriting or not many musicians you see are that organized you know it really depends because i work with people who are in like so many different situations. Some of my clients work full-time jobs. Some of them work part-time jobs and some of them, you know, dedicate are fully musicians and are able to have a more flexible schedule. And for anyone listening who is in any of those positions, you'll know that your time is limited and or structured in a different way, depending on the position that you're in. So sometimes people might feel more creative in the morning, but they work full-time. So we do figure out, okay, how do we balance that? Do we want to focus the work mostly on the weekends? Do you want to get up earlier and go to bed earlier so that you can do some songwriting in the morning before you go to work? It really just depends. I think that everyone has finds their creative energy at different times during the day. It doesn't necessarily come at the same time for everyone. But I do try to have my clients schedule in that creative energy, that creative work where they can so that they know they're getting it done. But we all know that sometimes creativity flows in at random moments. And I also encourage people who are feeling creatively blocked or, you know, just want to get the juices flowing to go outside with nature, go take a walk, to get out of, get off of their phone, get out of their space, change their environment, and just basically experience life. And a lot of times that's when the creativity will start to flow in. And so I think that with creativity, while we do want to be scheduled and pretty clear on what we're accomplishing from the more business, admin, life, and work side of things. Sometimes with creativity, yes, we can schedule it in, but we also have to be open to just letting it flow in when it flows in and kind of seizing that moment. Yeah, I agree with you fully here. And I, I think that's uh, creating this space where you can get inspired. Uh, getting bored, essentially, is uh, oftentimes really helpful for being more creative. It's you know, Sometimes we may want to consider scheduling uh, the situations which may lead us to a productive uh, writing session, for example. This is how I've been treating it lately. I've, I've been really looking into the aspects of um, creativity limitation and creating these kind of environments for, to, to free as an artist. And yeah, what, what you mentioned absolutely makes sense. You definitely want to be flexible here i guess with all the time management it's important to rem- to keep in mind that no one should treat a day that didn't go according to the plan in the in google calendar as a failure because it's life and uh, life is chaotic so it's not always going to be happening according to the plan so some flexibility yeah. is important right absolutely i mean even this morning i planned to go to yoga and i woke up i was so sore so tired. And I was like, you know what? It's not happening today. (laughs) And so now I had to rearrange some things in my schedule. I actually ended up with more time in this case, but so it worked out, but things don't always go as planned. Am I going to beat myself up for not making it to yoga this morning? No. And am I going to be able to rearrange things and figure out how I can best, you know, show up for this day, how I want to and accomplish everything that I want to do? Yes. Sometimes, you know, that's why I think that having some sort of meditation or journaling practice where you're able to create space and process your emotions is really beneficial because it helps us get through the times like this, where instead of waking up and being like, should I go? Should I not go? Oh my gosh, my day's going to be ruined if I don't go, but I really don't feel like it. I don't know what to do. It helps me really 
check in with myself. Okay, what do I want? And how can I get through this day? How can I rearrange anything I need to rearrange without stressing out about it, without feeling like everything's going wrong and be able to do things quickly with ease, make decisions super easily, which is something I know a lot of people struggle with that I work with (laughs) and all around just show up how we want to and be able to go with the flow a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Great, healthy approach. I really like the advice here and the tips. Uh, quite quite a few pr- practical approaches here. So thank you for sharing all that. You've been uh, running a podcast as well. So you're a host of your own podcast and you've had quite a few interesting guests there. I was just curious if you have any particular stories to share as a sort of a teaser uh, for our listeners to consider subscribing to yours as well. I'm linking to it in the show notes, of course. But yeah, any particular stories from uh, the out to be that you want to share with us? Yeah. Oh, man, you stumped me with this one. (laughs) So my podcast is called the out to be podcast for listeners who are unfamiliar with it. It's a podcast all about mental health and wellness in the music industry. So I chat with a whole variety of people, whether it's artists who have suffered with mental illness or have who have experienced burnout and are sharing their the ways that they've coped with it, whether it's music industry professionals who might have the same advice, therapists, holistic health professionals, fitness professionals, like a very wide array of people who can help educate us about wellness and mental health so that we, again, can continue this conversation and and mostly learn more. And I love learning about it. And I think it's been really fun for all my listeners to learn with me as well. Do I have a particular story? Oh man, I don't know. <laughs> I I it's hard to like pick a guest who I, you know, without offending the rest of your guests, right? Yes, exactly, exactly because <laughs> they were also good. So what I'm going to say is just go listen. What I will tell you is that feel free to look at the titles beforehand. I mean, I think of course you should listen to all of them, but we have a lot of different topics from anxiety to things that are more focused on gut health. I think that was a really interesting conversation. A lot of people don't realize that mental health issues are very closely related to gut health issues. So So things like that, that are a little bit out of the ordinary might be interesting places to start because they're not conversations you're really seeing anywhere else, especially in relation to the music industry. Great, great. Yeah, it's it's a good answer. I'll take it. And uh, once again, (laughs) I'm I'm linking to it. And uh, this is the, the, how I I think of my podcast as well. And this is the, the kind of podcast I'm subscribed to. I don't expect everyone to you know to listen to every single episode and i don't listen to every single episode of the podcast i subscribe to so i think it's uh, also good just advice here to treat it as some sort of a free course available to you in the audio form because you can just learn for free from these specialists and some topics may be a lot more relevant to you than the others so that's um that's good and yeah let us know where where we can learn more about you and your services. What's the what are the preferred social media platforms if you are active on any? And uh, feel free to spill out the website URL for those listeners who are on the go and want to check you out right away. Sure. So everything is on my website, which is Katie Zaccardi. So that's K-A-T-I-E Z-A-C-C-A-R-D-I dot com. So everything's there on my website from the podcast to information about my one-on-one coaching program, as well as my music, because I am an artist myself. (laughs) 
so everything's there, but where you can really catch me hanging out, one is on the podcast, which is called the out to be podcast with Katie Zaccardi. You can search that wherever you listen to podcasts and it'll come up as well as on Instagram where I'm at Katie Zaccardi. I would love to hear your thoughts too. Definitely reach out to me on Instagram. That's where I'm the most active and where I like to connect with people. So that's the best place to find me. And the podcast Instagram also is at out to be podcast if you want to follow that as well. Brilliant. Thank you. Once again, all the links are in the show notes. So really easy to find. And yeah, I think that the, the your website is a great place to start. So I really appreciate everything you've shared. Uh, I would have uh, a ton more questions to you, but I, I hope that we just interested our listeners enough. Anyone interested in the topic, uh, go check out uh, Katie's platform and the podcast and uh, what she does. Some really good uh, stuff here. And you, you, I, I just really appreciate the kind of work you are doing. We need to be talking more about this topic. So thank you. Well, thank you so much, Andrew, for having me on today and for giving me a platform to continue this conversation. I really appreciate it. And thank you all for listening. If you have any kind of feedback, go to Katie's Instagram profile and just leave a comment uh, or, you know, look her up on other social media profiles. This is the best way to um, show appreciation of this very conversation that you just listened to. Uh, so yeah, go look up Katie on uh, online on social media leave a comment on uh, on on your uh, profiles and uh, if you have feedback about this podcast overall music growth talks consider leaving a review on apple podcasts it helps uh, the show being discovered by other musicians and industry professionals a lot so thank you in advance for that uh, and yeah a bit of a different kind of growth we discussed here today If you have uh, uh, a feedback to me on on the format, do get in touch anytime as well. Uh, Thank you so much once again. We've got a lot of episodes um, coming up. I do intend to start releasing them more frequently again. So watch out, subscribe if you haven't yet at musicgrowthtalks.com. Until the next episode. You've been listening to Music Growth Talks with Andrew Apanov. Find more episodes and subscribe at musicgrowthtalks.com.